Amen and amen, OPBC Online, a ministry of Old Paths Baptist Church in Northfield, Minnesota, coming to you live here at 2.08 p.m. Central Time. And uh, we are back again for a live broadcast, and I hope you are doing well. I hope all is well where you are at, and uh, lots of work to do always. Good 51 people on here so far, uh, a couple people over there on sermon audio i'm sure there's some on twitter over there and uh we'll keep it going here facebook live i'm sure there's going to be some over there on facebook live so praise the lord for all that and uh man i i was down excuse me i was down to the wire i was like man i almost didn't make it at two o'clock but i made it right on the dot i think at two so anyway but uh Good music there. That is from Ron Hamilton's Going Home album. If you want to purchase that, you can. I don't make any money off any of that, and they don't make a whole lot. Um, <laughs> God-fearing people don't make that much money on, on their, their materials. They they just don't. But they do provide them to be a blessing, and it helps fund, get more music and more good things out there for God's people to listen to. It. But anyway, uh, you can, you can um, purchase that at uh, Majesty Music there. These are it basically it's Ron's uh it's called his Going Home album, volume one and volume two. And uh it's it's a good album. It really is. It's got all his good uh songs that he sang over the years and quite a few. There's like 40 songs. It's a double album. Uh anyway, so uh two CDs if you're I didn't order the I think I ordered No, I just did a digital download. I like those better. I don't have time to get a CD and uh, and you could download it a few times. So if you have different devices or something like that, or if you want your wife or something like that, you could download it too as well and all that good stuff. So anyway, good stuff over there. Uh, we got a bunch of paperwork done digitally here last night for Canada. And uh, so I'm going through all that paperwork right now. I didn't get a chance. Um, we had some sickness. Grandma got sick and uh, she's she's getting better, but she's still pretty sick. And uh, little Silas got sick. Uh, um, and uh, he, uh, our littlest one, he's not feeling well. He's pretty sick. So pray for him. He's got cold and sinus stuff. And, and uh, boy, that's something. When you're two months old, it's just miserable, right? You don't got, you can't, you can't take any medicine for it. You just got to keep nursing and sleeping and hopefully sleeping. Uh, but, um, you know, on and off, and and that keeps him strapped to Hannah all the time, and and uh, with uh, seven other children, uh, that that keeps you busy. So anyway, um, yeah, I don't like CDs. I don't I don't use them. I I don't like. Where would I play a CD at? Like, where am I going to pop it in? Anyway, uh, so I got all. I did a bunch of paperwork last night. Actually, digital work. It'll be printed out. And to get ready for the passports and get ready for all that stuff and all that good stuff. So you pray for us about all that. Uh, um, and uh, we'll turn all that in. And uh, down here, not too far from where we live, we'll go to that uh, county office there. And we'll be able to turn all that in. We got we have to locate some birth certificates and all that fun stuff that we got around and all that. So pray all that falls into place so we can get all that uh, 
situated. We're just being prepared before the spring break rush of getting passports. We want to get that in before then. And I'm not putting a rush on it because I have four months. So, but uh, just, uh, you know, trying to get uh, all that done. So you pray for that. And the Lord's provided some money for those passports because all that's expensive. That's going to cost some money get all that stuff. So I praise the Lord. Somebody from Canada had donated some money uh, to, for us to be able to, they, they just gave it because they wanted to give. They didn't even have anything specific on it. Uh, so they just said, here, we just want to give to your ministry. You've been a blessing to us. We're over here in Canada and uh, all that good stuff. So we were blessed by that. That was a, that was a blessing. And um, so, uh, but pray everybody gets better. Uh, we want to go preaching a week from this Saturday, not this Saturday, uh, but a week from this Saturday, we'll be going preaching. And then on New Year's Eve, we'll be going preaching. That'll be a Sunday. Don't miss that. We'll be up in the middle of the night. We go out and preach. It'll be like 11 o'clock. Carl can go to sleep that night and wake up, set his alarm for 5 a.m. And he can watch all the preaching because he's seven hours different. So if he just goes to bed, he can do what I did in Canada. I used to go to, or in Europe when I was over there. I went to bed. Then my wife, when I went to bed, or when I got up in the morning, my wife was going to bed. That was so weird. I hated that so much. And that made me. But uh, <laughs> I just did not like, my brains could not cope with that. If she was there with me, I'd have been fine. But my brains could not cope with that. It just, it oh, just frustrated me. <laughs> I hated that, man. Oh, anyway, it wouldn't have been so bad if she was with me. But man. <laughs> I was like, this stinks. I did not like that part. The time change thing really messed with my big time. But anyway, uh, but we'll be in Canada, which is we're only an hour difference over there. So we're good. And uh, Carl gets to come to my world now and he gets to he gets to experience my world. So. Anyway, we'll get to praying about all that paperwork. Pray for Carl and Mary as they want to come visit too over there in Canada. Daryl, I think Daryl and Teresa are planning on it. We're planning on doing an anniver- uh, a uh, renewing of their vows, both of them over there at Niagara Falls in Canada. Lots of things going on in Canada we'll be doing. I will be, you know, it'll be, a, the first week will not be a vacation in that sense. It'll be a break of scenery from what I'm used to, but it will not be. Um, you know, a vacation. I'll be working that first week, and then I'll probably take ten days on the way home to spend with my family, and we'll we'll go through and do some things. So I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out. Uh, you know, yet I'm not decided yet how we're going to do all that, but we'll figure that out. I I like to keep you updated to keep this always on your mind and heart, so you'll pray for us, even if you never gave a dime to anything. You can give your prayers, right? And God will answer those, and God will use anybody to do it. God will use people from all over the world to do something that you can't do, but God uses prayer. It's God's ordained way, right? So you pray for us. And if the Lord allows you to give, great. You know, to anything we have, if it's just the normal ministry needs, there are constantly thousands of dollars worth of those. Uh, We appreciate that too. But either way, if you don't ever give anything, Keep listening, keep praying for us, and keep being our friend. That's the way we see you, okay? Uh, and uh, and we're thankful that brothers and sisters of Christ all over the place, and uh, that uh, and and we're thankful for that. So I, I just want you to understand that I I don't I don't want you to to uh, think any differently like that. 
And we thank God for that. Anyway, um, and we thank God for all of you praying for us. And we know you pray for us. God answers your prayers and takes care of us and meets our needs. And we're all those things that God does. We're excited about that. Okay, anyway. Man, I'm going to have to put my jacket back on. I'm getting cool now. Yeah, it won't be a big deal for you, Carl. It is for me because I don't like, I'm not, I'm okay with traveling with my family when I'm with, the, I'm not good at traveling. Especially I'm not good at traveling without my wife. I do not do well. All right. I'm putting this jacket back on. And then we're going to get into this. I got a bunch of links to go over, and I got some Bible study to do with this today. Uh, and it's it's kind of different, but it applies. You know, it, it applies to what we're talking about here. So anyway, uh, I'll I'll show you this to keep in mind for the trip and all that kind of stuff. Uh, oh. Here we go. Hey, that lady's head's blocked out. Uh, here's our website, OPBC Online or OldPazBaptistChurch.org. OldPazBaptistChurch.org. Scroll down there. You can give these three ways. Or you can mail us something. Sermon Audio, bottom of the screen, has our address right here. You can mail something there. You can figure it out. Because I have people that will email me and say, how do I give to you? I had that happen the other day. Some guy messaged me, some brother, and he said, how, how do I give to you? I wonder, why do you always tell us that? Because some people ask, and they're like, how in the world? So obviously, I must not have made it. <laughs> uh, you know, I must not have made it clear enough uh, sometimes. So, you know, I try to make it clear. Oh, I need to share a video with you. Thank you. Brother Andrew reminded me. I want to show you the video of the new computer you guys gave us. You all gave. Many of you did out there. And wanted to help us, and we are blessed by that. Now I have to remember how I did that. Um, oh, yeah, I know how. So I want to show you the video that Andrew and I made. Hey, hold on a second. Just to recap about our what happened and all that good stuff, okay? Where is that? There it is. All right, here we go. You ready? Okay, OPBC Online, a ministry of Old Paz Baptist Church in Northfield, Minnesota. But today I am not in Northfield, Minnesota. Today we are over at Brother Bicey's house. We will not tell you where that is, but uh, we're, over at, we're over at Brother Bicey's house today, uh, tonight. Actually, we spent the day, we've been doing a few things. You know, we've been working on our video for the Coliseum, uh, but we've been using our new equipment here, and Brother Bicey is using this equipment. Uh, this is what you all purchased for us so we could do loads and loads and loads of editing video editing and putting things together and making things work 
So first of all, the Mac over here, you can see it in the corner here. Uh, it's that big old fat box right there. And man, it doesn't look like much, but boy, is it absolutely powerful. And we are very blessed and we thank God for all of you and the, the giving that you did so, so we could get that because now we're actually putting it all to use. And um, these monitors as well, uh, these monitors allow him to actually be able to see things clearly when you're doing that video, right? Right. Tell me a little bit about that, how much that makes a difference. So these are 4K monitors, um, and we'll show a description you know, on the, on the screen for you. Um, but they allow us to edit, edit video. A lot of our video we shoot in 4K, and allows us to edit in real time in the 4K profile. So we, um, the other computer I had that was wearing out, it was in 1080, but when I tried to scrub through 4K footage, it would stutter, and then sometimes it even fail and crash. Um, so we, now I can look at everything in real time, 4K, amazing color. This has got the, the high quality professional Rex 709 color space, gives you millions of colors, which not a huge deal for us. We're not a production company, but it allows everything to be uh, easily workable. Then when I render the video and I go through the video with m however many layers I have on there, it can render it in literally minutes. Like a 30 minute render, now we can do it in like two or three minutes. Right, so think about this. Uh, first of all, uh, Brother Andrew has a busy family. House full of children you know, uh, a wife, uh, a full-time job, uh, career that he, that he works, and his time is very limited. So I, one of the things that, one of my pet peeves is to use equipment that you sit down and use, and it takes like hours to get through stuff, and you're just sucking up time that we don't have. Right. Right. So this enables us to be able to get it done faster right. and more efficient. And also to be able to see it, because when you watch these videos on this 4K uh, capable screens, you pick up amazing uh, detail. Like, yeah, detail in, in everything. We were just looking at a few things, and I was just amazed at how much that looked different as I looked at it from my phone, and then I'm looking at it on this, and it's like way different. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's specific. It's more specific, right. and you can see it very clearly, so it and, helps a lot. And the 4K footage is a industry standard you know, once again, we're not in it for, for any kind of commercial means. But basically, if you had four 1080 or uh, high-definition um, screens, you put four of those into the same box, and that's 4K. So you're getting four times the resolution. So when we want to zoom into something, crop something out, when we want to uh, change some coloring in this camera that I have, the way it records is it records it in... Um, in a higher uh, bit rate so we can actually change colors and just make things more rich. Uh, for instance, when we were out preaching at night, I had a couple settings wrong, it was a little too dark, but I could enhance it and pull some of that footage uh, more usable than I could previous. So. Good, so amen. So that's, that's the reason uh, we have what we have. We're about, we're, we've been working, another thing we've been doing is all day today, we've been talking about the Coliseum and we've got some great things ahead for that. I mean, we have just been a lot of information, a lot of good footage. I think you're going to be surprised at the, the direction of this that it goes. And uh, it'll be a blessing to you. We will be premiering that on YouTube when that time comes. And, 
and on uh, Sermon Audio and on Rumble. We'll be using all those platforms to do that. But this equipment goes a long way in helping him be able to render all this footage. How many hours of footage do we have from Europe? Get a guess. Guess. We're at about uh, 600 gigabytes, which would probably be nearly seven hours of footage. Okay. So we have all that to comb through. Right. Right? We have all that to comb through to get the things that we need. And this equipment helps us do it a lot faster. Right. Right. So we're, we're very thankful for that, thankful for your giving, and that, that you have a burden for that. Uh, and to get the gospel out there in videos on the street, our street mm-hmm. preaching footage, uh, you know, uh, this, this footage. This, this equipment allows us to be able to do it efficiently. So it's and, a blessing. And in high quality, you know, like you said, I think Friday on your show is that why not do it the best quality we can? You know, exactly. This, this is what we can afford, and God's blessed us. Let's just shoot it the best we can. Let's right. We, in other words, we don't waste our money on a lot of other things that that won't profit the ministry. In the sense, but but this this type of investment is it's an investment, just like the camera that we're rolling on right now is an investment. Because it enables us to shoot good, high-quality stuff to get it out to everybody all over the place. And that's our goal is to get the gospel out and get Bible preaching and teaching out so everybody can hear it and watch it and to learn, to edify you. Okay? And we're blessed to be able to do that. Amen? All right. Amen. So that's exactly what we're doing. All right. And that, and now, you know, and, and uh, you can understand and get a little idea of the equipment that we're using. We're, we're grateful, very grateful. And um, so you can see, Hey, these guys aren't, uh, these guys aren't just collecting money and not buying stuff. They're using it for the glory of God. Um, and uh, that's exactly what we're doing. So anyway, uh, all right, now we are going to get to our broadcast here, and let's see. Get to my links. This, oops. Oh. account up uh, have that Sorry, I'll go to my own here and check. I'm too used to using a Mac. All right, let's.
sure it should. There we go. Now we're logged in. Okay. Okay. This is the first one I'm going to cover right here. I'm going to talk to you about this. This. Uh, this unisex culture. And. Um. You know, I'm going to deal with it here. I'm going to deal with it here from a few different angles. Click out of here and get into my Bible. I hate the fact that this is messed up here. I'm going to use my other one. I don't know how to fix that. I forgot to have Luke look at that when he was. Let's go. You know, the Bible, I, I want to talk to you about this a little bit here, and then we'll actually get into this study after we're done going through some of these articles. Um, I want to read one verse to you. Okay. It says, the, it says, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters, with all purity. So the goal of how you look at anyone in the church, when you're in a local New Testament church, the goal of how you look at them is to be biblical. It's to be with purity. Now, we're going to talk about that. But God has ordained the difference in men and women. God made them differently. We live in a drag queen unisex society now. Where if you just put a costume on, you can be whatever you want to be. Okay? But not in God's eyes. And not in God's church. Because God's church tells you, you make the distinction between men and women. Now here, you're going to have this female Jezebel. Nasty, satanic woman. Antichrist woman. And she is going to speak against Christ. As a raging Jezebel. A witch. This lady is what I would call a unisex witch. She totally and 100% misrepresents Jesus Christ. And I can't tell you how much I hate this. I can't tell you how much it angers me and I hate it. What she says about the Lord, it angers me. And we all have to remember to have grace 
and that this is a dispensation and a time of grace. But the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. But this lady who calls herself a pastor, which is unisex, because it's a unisex philosophy, she's dressing up like a like a pastor. This woman is absolutely wicked. And when you hear what she says, you're going to realize this is a witch. This is what John warned about in Revelation when he talked about that woman Jezebel. Just like in... in uh, in Revelation, the beast, the beast as a person, the man of sin is a secession of men. Antipas, the faithful martyr, is a secession of faithful men, faithful prophets, faithful preachers. Okay? Jezebel, in the New Testament, in, in Revelation, is a picture of that false prophetess that taught and seduced the Lord's servants to sin. One afternoon, I had the opportunity to reunite with my college roommate. While I was at her house, I noticed a large children's Bible sitting on her coffee table. The stunning pictures caught my eye. How's the theology in that, I asked. (laughs) Oh, I don't know, she shrugged. That's for you to tell me. Fair enough. So I took the Bible, flipped it to a few pages, and let her know the theology was just meh. Not abysmal, but also not great. Probably not something I would want my children, our children, to read. How can you tell so quickly, she asked. (laughs) Well, besides just checking a few pronouns, I only had to check out a few stories, I said. Besides checking a few pronouns? Besides checking a few pronouns, I'm telling you, this is the epitome of witchcraft. This is a witch. Stop looking for those fools that are over there playing with, like, devils. This lady has devils. The Easter story, Jesus' birth, and interestingly, our gospel story for today the Canaanite woman. It's one that preachers skip over if they can because we don't like to deal with stories that don't fit nicely into the theologies we need. I don't skip over anything, you wicked witch. I preach straight through it and tell what God said in his word. He called the Gentile woman a Goya, a dog. He called her a dog. That's what he called her. Right? I don't skip over it. Or at least the theologies we think we need, those that are ingrained in us by white male Christian heteronormativity. Last week, Jackie preached about... Can you show me in the Bible why... I can't even say what she said. White male heterogeneity or whatever that was. 
right? How the psalmist invites us to, re -in to revisit how we envision God. And in this particular story, Matthew invites... Look, I don't give a rat's behind how you envision God. I care what God's written word says. You wicked, vile witch. It's what God's word says. It isn't how you feel or how you envision or anything else. It's the plain text of the scripture, the King James Bible, what it says plainly. You vile, nasty, filthy slut. That's what she is, by the way. You shouldn't call names. Oh, I can show you where God called them a lot worse than that if you want to see it. It's a whole lot worse. God says he's going to burn her in a bed. And all her children. All her spiritual offspring. He's going to burn them all in a bed. It's us to revisit how we envision Jesus. And of course, by extension, how we envision God. The story of the Canaanite woman is found twice in the Bible, once in Mark and here in Matthew. A reading of this passage that places Jesus into the nicely defined Jesus box, a reading of the passage I was looking for and found in that. Do you see what she's saying? She's the authority of what Jesus is, not the Bible. God's word is not the authority for this woman. It's what she feels this woman is. It's what she feels Jesus is. She is making a Jesus in her own image after her own likeness. That's what she's doing. It's vile. God hates it. She's an idolater. She is literally a witch. I'm telling you, you're looking in the wrong places for what a witch is. This is an antichrist, devil-possessed, vile woman that rides the beast. That children's Bible of my friends tidies up this story, reads it as a testing of faith. No matter what your need, no matter your circumstance, Jesus may deny you more than once, maybe three times. But, but, look how kind this Jesus is. He did that to help, see? To show us how to be faithful. Isn't that so nice? Do you see how she's mocking God? Do you see how she's mocking him? She's mocking the she's mocking the Christ of the Bible. She's belittling him and talking down about Christ. But look, she's a little Marxist whore.
Look behind you. Black Lives Matters. She's a little Marxist or for Satan. The things that she said, I, I, I'm telling you, I, it's hard for me to contain that. It, it really is. It, it's very vexing. I understand why the prophets cried out, how long, O Lord, how long, O Lord, faithful and true? How long, O Lord, faithful and true? Oh, how long? Have you heard a story like, like, have you heard this twist on this story? Now, I'm not throwing tenacity and fierce faith, as Jackie might say, out the door this morning. Of course we're called to be faithful. But I am telling you that that single interpretation of the Canaanite woman is problematic. Casting Jesus above reproach, clamping down on our ability to wrestle with ancient texts is problematic because it often leads to public policies that are problematic. Okay, now you hear what she said, right? Right? You hear what she said. Hang on a second. Matthew fifteen twenty seven. See, a lot of people don't like to be confined to the scriptures. Do you understand what I just said? I'm not going to give you an interpretation. I'm going to read to you what Jesus said. How about that? How about I just read what Jesus says and I don't interpret it to you? And I let the text, the Holy Spirit of God, from the inspired word of God, right? I let it, I let God's word define God's word. Isn't that a novel idea? Isn't it a novel idea that I don't just get up on Sunday at Old Paz Baptist Church? I don't just get up and say whatever I want to say. I don't create a Jesus of my own understanding. But the authority that I have is preaching the word of God, the King James Bible to be specific. So you understand when I say the words of God, when I say the word of God, when I say the Bible, I'm talking about one book. That's the authority that I have. I got nothing. I'm a country club. I'm the president of a country club if I don't have that book. Do you get it?
I, I'm just, I'm like a country club guy. If you sense I'm fired up, this witch makes me mad. I'm going to, this witch makes me mad. I'm just going to be real with you. I'm going to, I'm going to cut it to you real. I'll be honest. This witch makes me mad. This is the way it is. I, I just be real with you. These are the deceivers and the antichrists that come to the world. These are the people that that witch is leading people to. You wonder why me and the guys, when we go out and preach as men of Old Pass Baptist Church, we stand in front of those churches and we thunder it out. You could have silly little sodomites running around us. We don't hammer them. You know who we hammer? Those witches right there. Because those witches right there, be they male or be they female, destroy souls. They damn them for all of eternity. That's what happens. So I'm going to give you what Jesus says. And that's all that matters. And then, then Jesus went thence and departed the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on, a, on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. I'm going to help you with something. Before this witch lies to you, okay? I'm going to help you with something. Jesus is God. He is perfect. In his flesh, he was perfect. In his spirit, he is perfect. He knew no sin. If your Jesus is a sinner, you're going to hell. You are going to hell. Plain and simple. Do you know why I'm not going to hell? Grace. My Jesus from this King James Bible is, was, and always will be infallible, perfect, God in the flesh. And if you believe not that I am he, you shall all likewise perish. Jesus is God. Then Jesus went thence and departed the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out at the same coast and cried unto him, having, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And she doesn't like it. She says, well, people say that Jesus was testing her faith. Well, he was, you fool. I can show you 
numerous accounts of Jesus testing people's faith. He always tests people's faith. He always did. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then, then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Well, I, I can't believe that Jesus just called that woman a dog. I mean, I, I, I can't believe that. I, can you believe that? Can you believe that Jesus called that woman a dog? Clearly, he was influenced by his patriarchy and, like, the hierarchy in Israel, and that's why he called her a dog. I mean, clearly, he was wrong, and he needed to, he needed to be fixed, clearly. This is the same thing as the charismatics that said, Jesus came to me in a vision, and he told me, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what my people did to you. Please forgive me. You little arrogant, wicked, prideful devil. You think God Almighty in the flesh has to come to you and ask you for forgiveness. You absolute vile, wicked sinner. You proud, arrogant sinner. To believe that God Almighty, Jesus Christ, owes you something. You ain't no more saved than the devil is. You're not a Christian and you're no more saved than the devil is. Why is that, preacher? Why are you saying that? Because God is attracted to a humble and a contrite spirit. You ain't going to come and teach Jesus anything. What you're going to do is land yourself in hell. That's what you're going to do. But you're not teaching Jesus Christ anything. You're to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn of him. For he is meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Jesus apologizing to you. No, no, no. You see, it's you that bows down to the Lord. It's you that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Worship at his feet. Bow down to the Son of God and give him glory. Goodness. Can you believe it? This is that new age hippie Christ that they're preaching. That Marxist Jesus. That the Jesuit order made up with Marxism. How it invented Karl Marx in a lab. Just like it invented Obama in a lab. Just like it invented the Bushes in a lab. Just like it invented Trump in a lab. 
It's that same Marxist rhetoric. That fake faggy Jesus. That's what it is. The one that's begging you for forgiveness. And I get it. You say, preacher, you can't talk so sharp like that. You got to be nicer. You be nicer. You go be nicer. Believe me, I'm not deceived into thinking that I'm going to get invited to all these meetings and I'm going to be invited to all these places and uh, uh, all the all, all the all the top name colleges and all the people are, are going to preach me on the circuit and everything else. Brother, I don't want to be there. I don't need to be there. I'm right where God has me. Preaching to the outcasts and those that, that are hated for his name's sake. What's the scripture say? That's right, Nimrod. Here's what the scriptures say. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came he and worshipped him, saying, Lord. Then came she, excuse me, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord. Now this woman's going to tell you, add like, she corrected Jesus and said, dogs are really cool, and we sleep in bed with dogs too, and our doggies are really good, and we like our doggies. Ha, 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 ha. I can't stand it. It's like, shut up, woman. Go home and do something. Shut up. Has any man ever looked at you and said, shut up. Shut up. Just shut up. Has any man ever looked at you and said that? Shut up. I want to say it to watch your head explode right in front of me. Boom! I would I would love it. Shut up. But he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. Dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. See, so that's her submitting to the lordship of Christ. Anybody see that yet? Let me help you out here. She submitted to the lordship of Christ. Now, am I giving you an interpretation? Or am I reading the text? She said, truth, Lord, Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then answered Jesus, then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. Ah. So then, like, what you're saying is, Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is thy faith. You mean, so Jesus tested her faith like he did the centurion's faith? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. So like, 
I don't need to take the Valley Girls reading and interpretation of the Bible with proper pronouns and everything else in order to make it work. No, you need to submit to the Bible. You need to submit to God's word. You don't get to preach whatever you want. You preach the word. And not you, woman. You go home. You ain't even supposed to preach anyway. I wouldn't touch you. I trust you to preach to my dog. And I don't even like Buster that much, and I wouldn't let you preach to him. Okay, so the text says that Jesus said, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And he answered it. Okay. So that's what happened. Now, witness a true witch. Because watch what she says about it. This is a witch. This is somebody that reinterprets what the Bible says. I read you what God's word says. She's going to reinterpret what God says into what she wants him to say. Reproach. Clamping down on our ability to wrestle with ancient text is problematic because it often leads to public. <laughs> In other words, you know, it's problematic for me to wrestle with the ancient text. It's problematic for me. Why is that problematic? Because, like, I can't do whatever I want with the Bible, and I can't make it say whatever I want, so I could be a little Marxist Jesuit witch, and I could preach a false gospel to people, and women can rule and burn their bras and do whatever they want. Uh, I can't do that, so, you know, it's bad. It's bad. I'm confined to the scriptures. It's bad. That's what she's saying to you. She doesn't like the fact that she's confined that, well, if I just take the way it's read, then I'm confined to what the Bible says. Yeah, you are. So then you have to shut up and go home. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be a blessing? You'd actually have to shut your face and go home. You would have to shut your face and go home and submit yourself unto your own husband if there's a poor man that's actually married to you. And boy, do I feel sorry for that guy. Oh, my word. That's one of those chew your arm off to get away moments right there. Oh, could you imagine? I could not imagine sleeping next to that thing right there. Ah! Look. I am so thankful for the woman God gave me. Oh. And I am so thankful for the women of our church. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I can't tell you how thankful. That I don't have to, like, like most of my life is not being around those type of women. I just have to go preach to those women. But I don't have to be around them. And they don't like me. I mean, the feeling's mutual. If a bold, brassy woman comes into our church, she don't stick around very long. They, 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 they don't. They don't stay. They, they, why? They don't like me. They, they get mad at me. They, they, you either do two things with that. You either get right or you'll get out. 
And ain't because I'm pushing you out either. Because we're just men there in that church, and we just we're just men. We just be men. That's it. All of us, we're just men. We're just. And we don't talk down to our wives. We don't talk, we don't belittle. But I'll tell you what, God had a special place in the scriptures for dealing, dealing with women, false prophetesses, and prophets like this. Say, Pastor, that's a little, that's a, that's a little harsh, isn't it? I don't think I can listen to that anymore. It's a little harsh. Well, God said to be harsh. God said to be harsh. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, be harsh. He illustrated, he showed us. Yeah. I'm not suffering that woman, Jezebel, to teach and seduce the prophets of the Lord to sin. I'm not going to suffer that woman, Jezebel. No way. I ain't suffering that spirit. Policies that are problematic, like worship of the Second Amendment, banning of gender-affirming care, eliminating teaching our country's ban banning of of, of gender-affirming care. Oh, I can't believe that they actually want to ban. They actually are against cutting the genitals off of children. Can you believe it? Can you believe it that they're actually against it? How can you stop it? What's the matter with you anyway? We think you're backwards and stupid. Why don't you want to cut your children's genitals off? See what she's saying? She's a little Marxist witch. It's not enough for her to abort your babies? To talk you into aborting your babies? You see this little white witch there? You see those two black women over there? That little white witch does not care if those little black babies are murdered. You get it? She likes it. She likes it. She loves it. She wants it. And it's not only that, but listen. Listen, it's not only that. But if she lets them live, she wants to cut their genitals off. Do you get it? She wants, she's like, and they, they don't want gender affirming care. She wants to cut the genitals off of your children and preach it from a pulpit. Do you get it? Like, I'm being plain. I am laying these witches out. That's, that's what she wants to do. Then for all you betas out there, they go, look, I just. Because you raise your voice and you scream. Mommy said, don't raise your voice when you're inside. And mommy says, don't scream. But you shouldn't scream like that. You should be just like me. Fact, I think I'll let this lady cut my genitals off too. So I could not have any and I could be a woman just like her.
right? Bunch of witches. They told it. Yeah, they told us to our faces they like it. They shouted and danced their abortions to our faces. And then told it that they like to cut the genitals off of children. They like they like doing that stuff. Yeah. What are you getting so excited for, preacher? What's the matter with you? Oh, I don't know. Oh, what's the matter with me, I guess? Racist roots. Yes, problematic theologies even allow us to watch Maui and Canada burn and our glaciers melt and not even bat an eye. Our glaciers melt. Our glaciers are melting and you don't even bat an eye. Maui burns and you don't even bat an eye. You're naughty people. You're very naughty little people. Go home, lady. Shut up. I can't believe anybody even listens to you anyway. Problematic theologies, narrow, unchecked understandings of Jesus and God not only wield problematic policies, but systems, souls, and dare we say, churches. We must be accountable to Christian hegemony by constantly reframing and reframing Christianity. Our oh, we have to reframe Christianity? What's this person telling you? Kind of the same thing that James White tells you. There's no authority. There's no final authority. There's no final book that's perfect on this earth. Like, what's the matter with you guys? You actually believe there's a book that's, that's your final authority? That God's word is your final authority? Our middle church call, Jackie reminded us of last week. We do this by looking at scripture with fresh eyes. With oh, you need to look at scripture with fresh eyes. Intersectional lenses with liberation as our goal in community and wrapped with curiosity. What did that mean? I don't know. Stupid. Here we go, but it gets worse. Are you ready? This is where she misrepresents Jesus. And this is the problem with that unisex society, by the way. There's a reason why God told women not to preach. He commanded them not to preach. There's a reason for that. We're talking about that kind of body coming to Jesus. And then? Called a dog. So nope. I won't settle for an interpretation that says Jesus is testing this woman's faith just to pat her on the back and say, good job, you passed. Really? Let's see what he said. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. Ah. Uh, Well, that's what happened. Yeah, I know. Isn't it great? By the way, it's really cool. There's 90 people on here right now. I hope we break 100, but there's 90 people on here right now. Good deal. Amen. Good deal. Where are we? Back here. Okay, ready? That's insulting. It's not inviting. 
It's not the kind of relationship I want with the divine. It's not the kind of relationship that I want with the divine. It's insulting. Yeah, you mean like that old preacher when he pointed his bony finger at me and said the hottest spot in hell is reserved for that little Baptist church member doesn't drop his pride to admit that he's a lost sinner on his way to hell, that he never trusted Christ as his Savior, his life never changed. He's still the, he was this, the same old lost, wicked devil he always was. Oh, well, that's, that's rather insulting. That's... That's rather insulting right there. I, I I think he insulted me. I'm so glad that old preacher insulted me. Oh, I'm so glad he did. I'm so glad that old preacher pointed his bony finger and told me I was wicked as the devil. Man, I thank God for it. I thank God that old preacher was faithful to God and, and stood up and squared his shoulders and preached the word of God. I thank God for it. Praise the Lord. Brought me to my, God used that sermon through the Holy Ghost of God moving and convicting my heart and showing and reproving me and rebuking me for my sin and showed me that I was in trouble with God. Wicked and vile in God's eyes. Amen and amen. And he did it. And said, bow the knee, bow the knee. Bow the knee to the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Right? Bow the knee. Thank God. Was I didn't come to God strutting my stuff. And saying, well, that's rather insulting, Lord. Who do you think you are calling me that? I won't accept that. Huh. I'm going to tell you what. You're in a lot of trouble. You don't come to God and tell him. It's like these people that say, well, you really think that you got to repent of all your sins to be saved? Which ones do you repent of? Whatever God shows you when you get saved, that's which ones. But you coming around and act like, well, debating that. Man, I'm going to tell you what. I knew I was on my way to hell. That preacher preached. I was, I was in a meat grinder all night. I went to bed in a meat grinder. I woke up and I was in a meat grinder. I couldn't shake that with anything. I couldn't shake that conviction with anything. I couldn't shake it. God had my number. And he shook me, brother. He shook me. I wasn't going like, well, which ones do I have to repent of, Jesus? Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. No, it was, oh, God, don't let me go to hell. God, forgive my sins. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, uh, let's make a deal with God. That's rather insulting. I don't think I'll accept that. Well, you know what Jesus said? He said, blessed are they that are not offended, he that is not offended in me. There's a blessing in those that aren't offended in him. That when he tells you the truth, you submit and you surrender to it. And you're not offended. And yet, 
That kind of Jesus, that above approach Jesus, appeals to those who can't risk having an imperfect teacher. Oh. I, I want you to listen to what she said. I'm telling you, this woman is not only going to hell. She's leading whoever's with her into the same blasphemy. Those who can't risk having an imperfect teacher. Who can't risk shaking up. Those who can't risk having an relationship I want with the divine. And yet, that kind of Jesus, that above approach Jesus, appeals to those who can't risk having an imperfect teacher. Who can't risk shaking up long withheld notions of who Jesus is. Who can't risk challenging today's oppressive Christian theologies. What does that say about us? That we would accept that kind of Jesus. At this point in his ministry, Jesus was tired. He left. Jesus was just having a bad day. He was kind of tired. So he sinned. That's what she's saying. Jesus was in sin is what she's saying because he was tired. And he gave in to his flesh and he was tired. He was exhausted, so he gave into his flesh, and he handled it wrong. Which means, like, okay, I'll give you an example. I'm a married man. Uh, sometimes my wife and I, uh, we're tired, right? Long day, things happen, things go on. We're tired. Sometimes we don't answer each other the right way because we're tired. It's not an excuse to do wrong, but sometimes we don't. And then we have to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That wasn't kind. Please forgive me. I didn't say that in a kind way. Please forgive me. Right? She's saying Jesus is the same way. That's what she's saying. No, Jesus is not like me. Because, see, he went to the cross, and he suffered, and he suffered. He said, how long will I suffer you? He suffered them, sinners around him, but he never sinned. See, they're, taking, they're trying to make Jesus a sinner to cover for their own sin. That's what they're doing. Left by boat to go be alone, only to be followed by hundreds. He faced growing needy crowds, hostility from religious authorities, and growing distress from the disciples all at once. By the time W found him, he had distanced himself both physically and emotionally. So Jesus was like all by himself, and he just had a really bad breakdown, and that's why he thinned. He was really stressed. So where do you find any of that in what I just read from the scriptures? You don't. The little satanic Jezebel just made it up. She made up another Jesus, another Christ. Let her be accursed. Here it is. Let me show you. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. 
But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. I'm going to have to change the title of this because I'm not even going to get to the drag queen part. I don't think I'm going to get to it. I'm going to deal with this Marxist witch probably the entire time, which is okay. It's fine. I'll just cover the drag queens at another one. I'll just change the title. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going to get to my Bible. We'll see what happens. But uh, that's okay. Titles are meant to be changed, right? That, it doesn't matter. Those titles don't matter. She's an accursed witch. And Jesus, and his full humanity, was tired. He was in his own kind of way hurting. He wasn't his best self. Uh, Jesus was not his best self. He was tired. His feet were sore. He just wasn't his best self. So that's what happened. So what are they doing? They're making Jesus like this little effeminate, Fruit Loop, Marxist, woke dude. Ah, he was having a bad day. So he needed to get right. He needed to get right with that woman. Jesus needed to bow down to the sacred feminine. He needed to bow down to the sacred feminine. And he needed to submit himself to the sacred feminine. He needed to worship at that woman's feet. That's what he needed to do. Because he was just not his best self. So he needed to go down and he needed to kiss her feet. And he needed to submit himself to her. He needed to worship at her throne. That's what he needed to do. Because Jesus was a bad boy. And because he was a bad boy, he had to worship the woman. That's what had to happen. So he had to go worship the woman. That's what she had, he had to do. Okay? He had to worship the woman. You get it? You get what she's doing there? She's a witch. This is real witchcraft. She is totally changing the story. But pretending that she's preaching the scriptures and she doesn't even have the Bible. I have the Bible. I have the King James Bible. I have the words of God. She doesn't. She's got trash. That's what she's doing. She's changing the Bible because she's a witch. She's changing the interpretation of the scriptures. She's taking what the Bible calls a private interpretation. Second Peter chapter one, verse number 20. Knowing first, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. 
She's a witch. And she's full of devils. And I'm not being facetious. I, 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 I'm not being dramatic. I'm telling you, that lady has so many devils in her. They sneak out and eke out of everything. When she blows her nose, they might fly out. And in such times, we know what happens, don't we? Hurt people. Hurt people. Now, when we say that hurt people hurt people, we are not excusing behavior. We're not excusing Jesus' bad behavior. We're not excusing it. Jesus had, he was a bad boy. I mean, he was a bad boy. He should have got a spanking for that. Because he was bad. He was really bad. He should have got a spanking for that. He was a bad boy. So hurt people hurt people, but that doesn't mean she could do that. He could do that. He's still bad. We're not going to excuse it. You see how she's accusing Jesus? This, I'm telling you. Here's the thing that you have to understand about this woman. You think this is like an isolated incident, right? And there's no more like this. Come on, pastor. This is just extreme. No, this is going on in pulpits all over the world and especially in America because my men, the, the men of Old Paz Baptist Church, the preachers, God's preachers, they go out. We stand before these people at their meetings outside of their churches. We preach to them. I'm going to tell you what this reminds me. This woman. Almost there. Hang on. Here it is. This is what it reminds me. I'm a Christian, but I'm totally not judgmental. I'm a Christian, but I'm totally not arrogant. I'm a Christian, but unlike most other Christians, I'm totally not rude. Are most other Christians rude? Shut your stupid face, Trevor! I'm a Christian, but I totally don't think I'm better than other people. Thinking that you're better than other people is like putting yourself on a pestle. And I don't do that. Like, Christians who put themselves on pestles are way down here. But I am not that kind of Christian. I'm way up here. I'm a Christian, but I'm totally not stupid. 
I don't unquestioningly believe something just because my pastor tells me it's true. I unquestioningly believe something because my gender studies professor tells me it's true. I'm not one of those science-hating, illiterate fundamentalists who doesn't believe in evolution. Actually, a lot of creationists are really well-educated, intelligent people. Uh, not according to Bill Nye, moron. And he should know, because he has a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering, and he used to pretend to be a scientist on television. I'm a Christian, but I totally don't believe any of the Bible's teachings on sexual morality. I'm the kind of Christian who is firmly committed to living a way that 1 Corinthians says makes me not a Christian. Did you know that the average Christian kills almost 18 gay people every year? That's not true. It is true. <laughs> I'm a Christian, but I'm totally a feminist. Definitely a feminist. Oh, totes a feminist over here. Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't really call myself a feminist. What? Excuse me? What's the matter with you, bro? Or however you self-identify? Oh my gosh, trigger warning much, Trevor? Trevor, if you don't say you're a feminist right now, I'm gonna drive down to the morgue, cut the ovaries out of a cadaver, and superglue them to your forehead. Fine, I'm a feminist. Yeah, you'd better be, you pathetic waste of an X chromosome. Being a Christian is all about loving people. It's about being kind. It's about accepting all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds, whether they're liberals or other liberals. Being a Christian is all about changing your beliefs to please the unbelieving world and then calling your fellow Christians haters when they refuse to stop believing the thing you totally believed five seconds ago. Isn't it about Jesus? Isn't Christianity about how Christ Jesus, true God and true man, died and rose again to save us from our sins and to win eternal life for all mankind? About not forcing your moral. Being a Christian is all about not forcing your morals on other people. Like, if you're a crazy, conservative Christian, that's fine. But you should never get all judgy and ban all the kids in town from expressing their teenage angst through dancing. And that happens all the time. Yeah, I don't think it does. Yes, huh, Trevor? And I should know, because I saw it in a documentary called Footloose. <laughs> Oh man, that is absolutely hilarious! But it, <laughs> I love that video. <laughs> oh man! Oh <laughs> yes, huh, Trevor? <laughs> you better say you're a feminist, Trevor. I'm gonna go to the morgue and cut the ovaries out of a cadaver and glue them to your forehead. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> you gotta admit that's good, man. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> we are trying to make sense of it. This story is a reminder of Jesus's humanity. The Gospel of Luke tells us that Jesus grew in wisdom. He didn't always get it right. He didn't start out knowing everything. He was in process, just like us. The Bible never says that Jesus sinned. 
It never alludes to Jesus sitting. In fact, it speaks of Jesus being God in the flesh. When it says, learned he obedience, it says, by the things which he suffered as a man. He learned obedience by the things which he suffered, but he didn't suffer for his sin. He suffered for mine. Hang on. There we go. Hebrews 7.27, Who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins, and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath, which was since the law, maketh the Son who is consecrated forevermore. Luke asks a question, why do these agnostics even talk about Jesus? Why not just reject everything? Because they're witches. And Satan puts it in their heart to deceive. Okay? Let me show you what the Bible says about that, and I'll show you why. Second Timothy 3.13 2 Timothy 3.13 is the reason. It says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. That's why. Because they're witches. And they're deceiving and being deceived. Other one. Keep shouting, send her away, the disciples say. He doesn't send her away. But he answers rather piously, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, making clear that she is outside his target mission. Remember, she's not Jewish, she's a Gentile. So he's, he, he answered her rather, rather piously and said, I, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Like Jesus talked that way. Like some airheaded broad. Like that's what Jesus talked like. Some airheaded broad. Right? Some airheaded broad.
Gentile. And at this point in his life, Jesus hadn't come to realize his inclusive ministry to all. Okay. Now, here's what she's saying. She's saying that Jesus was not omniscient. Do you understand that? She is making Jesus a fallible man. She is denying his Godhead. Do you understand that? Okay. Let's show you John chapter 18. This is really good because I love proving these ditzy broads and these Marxist, nasty, vile witches wrong with the plain Bible. John chapter 18. Listen to what it says. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? Right? Whom seek ye? Jesus, therefore, knowing all things. Here's another verse I want to give you. Colossians 2.9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hang on a second. Hang on one. It happens to me sometimes. There we go. Fresh this here. Not for you guys, but for me. Okay. 
So I changed the title of this. I changed the title of this to The Marxist Jesus is the Woke Antichrist. Amen and amen. That's a good title right there, bro. All right. So in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus knew everything. He knows everything. Okay. Not a second. I got another one for you. Second. We're just going to rebuke this. That's what I'm going to do. Hang on a second here. Here we go. 1 Timothy 3.16. I love 2 Timothy 3.16, and I love 1 Timothy 3.16. Let me be honest with you. I love the whole book. Here's what it says. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, Believed on in the world, received up into glory. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. There you go, friend. That's God Almighty right there. Manifest in the flesh. Jesus knew everything. Jesus was like learning. He didn't know what he was doing. And I just refuse to believe that Jesus is perfect. Well, you're going to die and go to hell. How about that? You're going to die and go to a devil's hell. That's what you're going to do. Because if Jesus was a sinner, if Jesus wasn't perfect, then you're going to die and go to hell. You are already dead in your sins. But not giving up. W now blocks Jesus with her body, kneeling before him. A move that was powerful, but still very smart. Not she blocked Jesus with her body. She just does like a body check to Jesus. She just like, wham! And she just blocks him so he can't go anywhere. And he's like God, even though Jesus walked through people and crowds and got away. But she was really smart, and she blocked him, and she stopped him, and and and, and she just, and he was just awestruck by her. He didn't know what to do because he didn't know she was going to do that. What a tool! What a little antichrist Marxist witch! Not outrageous enough to merit retaliation. She's still playing by the rules of the social, religious, and cultural order while simultaneously pushing their narrow limitations. Lord, help me, she screams a third time. But now, W pulls another fast one on him. Oh, she like pulled a fast one on Jesus? Wait, are you saying that she tricked Jesus? Are you really that stupid? 
you're really that dumb that you actually believe that somebody can fool God. God can't be tricked. You don't manipulate God. You don't, you don't trick. Uh, then she pulled a fast one on him. I was like, wham. He was like, wham. And I was like, whoa. And he was like, whoa. You, but this is like when you play church and you just pretend to be church and you call it whatever you want outside of your door and you do whatever you want. She responds to his insult from her context. In his context, people don't keep dogs in the house. They're not revered. But in hers, dogs are beloved members of the community. So by saying that dogs even eat the crumbs, she moves the story from one of scarcity to abundance. She says, we've got so much food, we have leftovers. And our Oh, Jesus, we got so much food, we got leftovers. What you talk about, homie? What you talk about, G? What you talk about? We got so much food, we got leftovers. Our doggies eat good. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you, Jesus? What's the matter with you? What you think about that, Jesus? What you think about that, huh? What's up? What you think about that, Jesus? I mean, it's so stupid. What you think about? Oh, doggies got food. What's the matter with you? So by saying that dogs even eat the crumbs, she moves the story from one of scarcity to abundance. She says, we've got so much food, we have leftovers. And our dogs, who we happen to love, get some too. And our dogs, who we happen to love, they get some too. What's up with you? Our doggies get love. We love our doggies. Our doggies get some love. They get some love too. What's up with you, Jesus? What's up with you, Jew? What's up with you? You a Jew. What's up with you? What's up? What's up? What's up with you? I, I just can't. It's just like a bunch of Marxist stupid nonsense garbage. Yeah, and if you haven't noticed, I really enjoy mocking it. I absolutely. I absolutely enjoy mocking it. I. It's fun. I. I, I do. I do. Of the community. So by saying that dogs even eat the crumbs, she moves the story from one of scarcity to abundance. She says, we've got so much food, we have leftovers. And our dogs, who we happen to love, get some too. She do you think if that woman talked to Jesus like that? <laughs> what do you think? You, you really think that <laughs> I can't believe anybody's so stupid as to think that somebody would talk to Jesus like that and get what they want from God. Like she's some straight up gangster, like she's some straight up gangster woman and is like rebuking Jesus and telling him how it is. Like she's Sheila from the ghetto. Like she's, she's Sheila from the ghetto. 
I know, Paul. That's why that's why God put us together. <laughs> and Andrew's here to chronicle it all. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, she went full gangster on Jesus. She went full gangster on Jesus. She's like, my dog's got food too. What's up with you? They got food. What's up with you? <laughs> I can't stand it. It's so stupid. Resists denial by speaking from her own cultural context, her unique place of identity. Oh, and guess yeah. What? Ah. Her boundary crossing, script flipping, brilliant use of culture and context caused Jesus to jump course. To oh, it caused Jesus to jump course. Jesus was like, no way! I can't believe you said that to me! Like, no way! I'm totally changing my mind now! No way! Are you for real? You got me, woman! No way! <laughs> 20 people just left, I just made them all mad. I just, 20 people just ditched us. I'm out of here. This guy's too much. <laughs> oh. Uh. Anyway. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to listen to this woman now. You totally got me, lady. It's like when we're out in the street and, and they come up to these women coaches and go, I just, I just, I just. Oh, hold on. I got, I got, I got to get you the full effect of it. Hold on. Ready? Let me give you the full effect of it. Transition. I just, I, I just, I just, I just feel so bad. I just feel so bad for you. My heart just really hurts for you because, because you're just so mean. Where, where's your love? You don't have any love. You need wovey. Let me show you what they want you to do. Here's what they want us to do when we're out there preaching. I'm going to show you right now. Hang on. I'll show you what they want us to do. Not that one. Here it is right here. This is what this is what they want. This this is what they want us to do out there, okay? And we're not either of these groups, by the way, but this is what they want. Ready? Whoops. Hold on. I forgot. I got to change the screen. Otherwise, you won't see it. Here we go. Good timing. Here's what they want us to do. Are you ready? So, Bart. 
You know how it's like super sad that we've been all divided for like a thousand years? Yes, this is super sad. Well, I think it would be awesome if we could become united again, so I wrote this new song to help make that happen. You want to hear it? Uh, sure. Okay, here it goes. In the land of lovely loving, it is lovely to be loved, as we love within communion on this lovely winged dove. And the day of painful waiting for this <laughs> love is finally done. As we sit and love together <laughs> in the warm and loving sun. Hey, that was pretty good, right? Um... I bet if you sing it with me, we'll finally be united again. <laughs> Look, Frank, I appreciate the gesture. But unless you're willing to reevaluate your position on the number one issue that keeps us divided, I'm pretty sure that singing together about sunshine and lollipops isn't going to accomplish very much. Aw, oh, come on, Broseph of Arimathea. Quit harshing my ecumenical mellow and give it a try already. All right, fine. In the land of lovely loving, it is lovely to be loved. As we love within communion on this lovely winged dove. And the day of painful waiting for this love is finally done. Because you finally conceded that the Bishop of Rome is the head of the church by divine right. Wait, and that what? you must accept my authority in order to be a part of the one true church. Unity achieved. No, that doesn't count. Frank, don't try to pull that trick where you get me to compromise my theology by buttering me up with flour. <laughs> anyway, okay, I'll stop that one. <laughs> but that's what, that's what this thing wants you to preach. That's what they, <laughs> that's, that's what they want you to preach. When they say love is love, I always say pizza is pizza. To change. There is enough, Jesus. She teaches, even for the other, who is outside even what you think is outside. She challenged his xenophobia and expanded his ministry. She, she challenged his xenophobia. I've got to look that up because I don't even know what that is. Oh, here it is. Xenophobia. A fear of strangers or foreigners, a strong an antipathy or aversion to strangers or foreigners. She challenged his xenophobia. So she's accusing Jesus of sinning. She's accusing Jesus of being a sinner. He's a xenophobe. All this is is Marxist talking points. All of it is. That's all it is. From this point on, he began to heal, feed, and preach to Gentiles as well as Jews. That's a lie. That's a lie. Jesus never changed his focus. His focus was always to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus founded the first church in Jerusalem. Peter went to preach the gospel to Cornelius. 
He preached the gospel to Cornelius. Cornelius' house was saved. The Spirit of God fell upon them. They all spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance to give the Jew and Gentile alike a sign that God would save the Gentiles by faith too. But it wasn't until the Apostle Paul that the gospel went to the Gentile world. Predominantly, that is. Because Peter drew back. I'm going to talk about this Wednesday in my sermon. The uncircumcision. Right? I'm going to talk about that Wednesday. It's part of our Ephesians series. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 12, I think it is. 11 or 12. Yeah. And we're going to deal with that. It's good stuff. So she's lying. That's not what the scripture says at all. She's made it up. So no, I don't think this is a story about Jesus using a lowly woman to prove a point about faithfulness. I think this is a story about how a woman uses Jesus to gain healing for her daughter. That a woman uses Jesus. That's what it's about. It's about a woman using Jesus. Trevor. Like that one video. Trevor. See, she totally redefined. Now, do you see how she completely redefined that entire story? And this is, this is the last one. Yeah, it gets even worse. But a woman changes Jesus' mind. A woman helps us see Jesus' humanity. A woman changes the course of his entire ministry. And not just a woman. A woman of a different outside religion, race, culture, and status. That kind of woman changed the world. So what do we do? It's Jesus that changed the world. Not that woman. Do you understand what she's doing? She's preaching a sacred feminine garbage. She's changing Jesus into this little submissive, effeminate man. I just want you to know that Jacob actually messaged me and said that I can't stop laughing over here or something like that. By the way, I'll have you know that some people got upset with me on, on one of my broadcasts that I did. This guy goes, what are you, like 12? I'm like, no, 13. No, I didn't say that. It's like he got mad at me. I'm like, it's not a sermon. If you want a sermon, I'll preach expository on Wednesday. Go listen to it on Sunday morning. This is a variety show broadcast. I hate to use the word show because I'm not showing anything. but a variety broadcast that deals with things from a biblical perspective. And guess what? Sometimes we laugh, especially when we make fun of Marxist witches. But she totally redefines the story. With this Jesus, this male, also influenced by society and the patriarchy and race, and not knowing what always to do with himself, Jesus. 
Not knowing what all it, Jesus did not know what to do with himself. He is like, I don't know what to do with myself. It's like Jesus is sitting around twiddling his thumbs. He just really did not know what to do with himself. I mean, he's only God. And he came in the flesh, right? He's God in the flesh. Hold on. Let me find it here. Let me find what I'm looking for. Here it is. John, let's see if Jesus didn't know. He just didn't know what to do with himself. Okay. Let's see if that's true. John 18, 37. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Je Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Well, that's pretty easy. Wait, so you mean like what she said was wrong because Jesus knew why he came into the world? Yeah. He knew it from the beginning why he came into the world. Of course, he's God. But she wants to make God like her. God's not like you. God's not like me. Jesus Christ is holy. He is God. But what they do is try to make a God in their own pocket. They want to make God be like them. Right? God's got to be like them. That's what they want, right? In 2021, I preached or I did a broadcast called The Woke Jesus, Another Christ. This one is called The Marxist Jesus is the Woke Antichrist. Hey, I flipped it around a little bit. That'll work. This is different anyway. The focus is different. You'll learn something about their talking points and everything else. Do we get mad at him? Maybe. But can we also afford Jesus the kind of grace? That God affords us. You're, do, you, do you realize she is saying that Jesus needs grace? You've got to have grace with Jesus. He's still learning. He's, he's just learning. He, he just needs some grace. You should give Jesus some grace. Wait, you're, you're telling me that I need to give Jesus grace? We should have grace for Jesus because... Do you get what she's saying? We should have grace for Jesus because he's fallen. She's calling him fallen. This lady's going to hell. 
And the people that are listening to her and believing her and agreeing with her are being deceived into hell. She is falsely accusing Jesus. The kind of grace we should afford one another. Can we imagine learning something still from this Jesus? Yes. Who are you in this story? Could you really learn something from this Jesus? I mean, really? That patriarchy? This Jesus? Patriarchy? Racist? Are you sure enough of your agency, of your identity to demand attention? How do we respond when we mess up? How does our understanding of Jesus change after today's reading? How might that apply to social and political issues we face today? What if we believed in ourselves enough, in God enough, in the humanity and imperfect Jesus enough? Oh! I mean, that right there, that right there tells you that she's an antichrist. That right there tells you she's preaching a different Jesus. She's not preaching the one from the Bible. It makes me sick what she just said. To risk solidarity and difference. To believe that we aren't pawns in a power demonstration, but co-creators of freedom, justice, and love. Co-creators? Well, there you go. The Bible warns us, right, of these antichrists. Warns us. Little children, it is the last time. As you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. 1 John chapter 2. John warns us, the disciple whom Jesus loved, warns us over and over again about a false Christ being preached, an Antichrist being preached. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. 1 John 4. And every spirit. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. 
And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Where have ye have heard that it should come? And even now already is it in the world. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Antichrist. Second John. Verse 7. Oops. That was Peter. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and antichrist. God, help us, please, Lord. Please help us. This is that spirit of antichrist. Bible tells you who Jesus is. Do not fall for one that you try to make yourself or one that is is different than the scriptural Jesus. Very dangerous. See to come into God's presence just to linger with the one who set me free as I lift my eyes and see his awesome glory I remember who he is and bow the knee With his voice he spoke 
and all things came to be. Yet he hears each simple prayer I bring before him. When I humbly seek his face and bow the knee. Amen and amen. Good sing, good song and good message from that song that will help you and uh, be thankful to God. And when we, when we approach the Lord, we approach him with humility and boldness, but there's humility and boldness. It's not arrogance. And boldness is not, our boldness is in Christ. Our boldness is not in uh, our flesh and being a woman or being a man or being whatever it is. These people are, it's, it's the age of, um, of, um, self-worship leading up to the Antichrist coming. All right, everybody. Well, God bless you. We went over. It's 411 here. I charge for overtime, so I got to get moving here. Um, uh, on a serious note though, pray for us, pray for our ministry and, um, um, and pray for the Lord to bless us and meet our needs and take care of us. Um, if if you would like to give to our ministry, here's how. Here's here's our website, oldpathsbaptistchurch.org. And um here you can scroll down to PayPal, Venmo, or Apple Pay on the front page and click on one of those. Or you can PayPal us directly at salvationpreacher at gmail.com. Or you can go to our sermon audio page, scroll down to the page there and uh, you can uh, mail us something to 1030 South Highway 3, Northfield, Minnesota. We're grateful. Uh, if you pray for us, number one. And number two, if you, give, if you give to our ministry. For whatever needs. Maybe it's for Canada. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just for the general needs you want to give to the Lord's ministry. Lord's work, we appreciate it. 
We'd like you to be in a local New Testament church here and being faithful. Whatever you did extra for us, that'd be fine too. But if you're unchurched and you don't have a church and you don't have a way, you ought to give somewhere. Then you ought to give to the Lord's work. You ought to give somewhere. And if this is a place that you get fed the word of God and you're blessed by it and this ministry has been a blessing, then you ought to give to the Lord and show your gratefulness to God for his and uh, and no, we don't send out tax write-offs. So if you say, well, I, I got to get a tax write-off, well, you ain't going to get one here. We're not a corporation. You send this because you love the Lord. You give to this ministry because you love the Lord. You won't get anything like that in return. We just don't do that. Anyway, uh, but uh, because we're we're not a corporation or business, we're just a local New Testament church serving the Lord, trying to be faithful to God and all that. And uh, trying to be a blessing to those out there to get the gospel and get the truth out there to warn people to flee from the wrath to come and uh, all that good stuff. So anyway, all right, everybody, God bless you. I'm going to get out of here. Have a good night, and uh, we'll see you again, Lord willing, on Wednesday. Pray for my family. Pray for the sickness that's uh, some going through, and uh, pray the Lord would bless everyone and healthy and safe. God bless you all. Take